March 22nd, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Nunchet Amud Bet. And if you count from the bottom of the page upward, it's six lines up, several words into the line, basically in the middle of the line. Says the Gemara, Amar Bil Azar. The Gemara had uh, just uh, made a derasha on a pasuk that talked about Ish Zeroa Loha Aret. It talked about Zeroa, strength of arm. That individual has audits, has the ground. And the derasha was that a person who uh, raises, outstretches their arm to strike another, their only takana will be audits, will be burials. The Gemara picking up. Well, this is just raising arm. Raising arm p- with the attention of hitting. Now, in the context of parents, in the context of makeh aviv imo, it's supposed to be with a drawing of blood. So, so in this context of calling the person a rasha, not fully clear. I mean, it's not ultimately speaking going to bring with it, uh, as Harambam made clear, an actual death penalty. So, you know, we can be a little bit more expansive with regards to this. Says The ground, the the Adama, the audits we'd been talking about, was given specifically for Ba'ale Zero'ot, which means people of strength. Now, is that a reiteration of that statement from yesterday, that if you have strength and you raise your arm against the person with the intention of striking them, and even though you didn't, you're going to be buried? No, it's a different direction over here. The statement is, Lo It's in a positive sense. A person who has strength, that's the person who should be involved with the ground. First, the dirasha, Instead of seeing this as a punishment, it reads it as a reality. The person who has strength, for him, there is the ground, says Rashi. When a person works the ground, it's one of those businesses which has challenges from all directions. On the one hand, you have animals who can threaten your land. On the other hand, you have trespassers and burglars and human beings. You have nature which will take its toll. You have certain chance and, and circumstances that you can't predict. You have other matters which you could and you need to be on top of. You need to pre- be a person who has tenacity, who has fierceness, who has strength if you're going to be involved, quote-unquote, in the agricultural business I guess you can each in your own lives parallel that to some business or another in today's day and age. But that's the statement more than anything. It's a statement about the person who's working the ground. person who's working the ground has to have a certain tenacity. If you think you're going to get into it without being an ish zeroa, you're mistaken. You won't be successful. And furthermore, along these lines, says Resh Lakish, what does it mean when the Pasuk says that the person who works the ground, it's for him that he'll have that sivi'ut lechem, he'll be able to be satiated by bread. What does it mean? Nobody else can be satiated by, by bread? Nobody else can eat bread? It's the only person. Rashi interpreting this uh, Gemara says a person who actually toils the ground, a person who works hard with regards to his agricultural endeavors, that person will bring forth bread. A person who believes 
that he uh, can just allow for it to take its, uh, to, for nature to take its course. I set up the groundwork, let me now just uh, sit back and reap the benefits. That person isn't going to be so ve'alechem. That person believes mistakenly that they can sit back and enjoy the success of what they've set forth. But unless they're actually an avid la'adama, they won't be able to be successful. Right. So says Jesse, are we only talking about working the ground? So several of the Mefarshim say maybe to expand this. Rashid does not, but maybe to expand this. Understand this along the lines of the Gemara at the beginning of Masechet Megillah. The Gemara at the beginning of Masechet Megillah in the context of Talmud Torah. says, Im yomar lecha adam. If a person says to you, Lo yaga'ati umasati. I didn't toil in Torah, but I just take it. I, it just came to me. I was able to quickly and easily grasp and understand Torah al ta'amen, don't believe them. person says, Yagati, I toiled in Torah, velo masati, and I wasn't able to be successful. I wasn't able to uh, maintain and to appreciate and to apply Torah al ta'amen, don't believe. They had Yigi'aba Torah, they're going to have a certain appropriate amount of success. Yagati, umasati, alternative. The person says, I toiled. I put in that Yigi'aba masati, and I was successful ta'amen. So in other words, over here in the Gemara, you're paralleling that in the context of the material uh, Gashmi world but the same reality which could and should be appreciated in the spiritual realm and perhaps specifically in the spiritual realm as well. Along those lines there's a well-known Midrash which reverberates here and there in the words of the Hachamim and that's they cite a Pasuk that talks about HaKadosh Baruch Hu being Mashlich Emet Arsa. He takes truth and he throws it down to the ground. It's the Midrash. The Midrash says that the angels are, are claiming, they're in different groups and claiming that the Torah should not be given to human beings. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's response to them is he takes Emet, Torah, and he's Mashlich Arsa and he throws it down to the ground, which has a lot of important understandings. Within that Midrash, what is it then that human beings have and are supposed to achieve? What does it mean that Emet is in the ground, is in the world? But more than anything, I mention it over here because we're talking about Ares. We're talking about being because you're the individual who's perhaps it's a reference in some way or another to Torah that we have in our lives and the ability to appreciate, apply and understand Torah is only commensurate to how much endeavor, how much effort you've put into it. Don't believe a person who says I just listened or thought about it for a minute or two and as a result I know this much, I'm able to live this much. It's a person who specifically and only by means and measures of their effort is therefore successful. Says the Gemara onward, now that we're talking about we talked about Aris, we had a little bit of a tangent with regards to the ground and efforts and success and so forth, but back to Now we're not going to specifically for the moment talk about the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noah, we're going to talk about some other prohibitions. Three lines from the bottom, Hayav mitav. There's a non-Jew who Shabbat is a person who ceases from all work. At the moment, we'll understand it on the seventh day of the week. On Shabbat, Hayav imar, as the Pasuk says, V'yom v'alayla lo yishbotu. The Pasuk in Parashat Noah, we'll talk about the context in a second, says, Day and night, they should not be shovet. They should not be uh, void of work. They should not stop working. They should not, they should not cease in their in melacha. Uh, first and foremost, Hayat mitamamash. We're going to bring them to Betin. If we had Betin in the sense that we're judging non Jews, we'd put them to death if they were Shomer Shabbat, if there's a Noahide, if there's a Ben Noah. Says Harambam in this and in the next halakha as well. We tell them they're Hayat 
Shemitah. We'll punish them a bit, but ultimately speaking, we're not actually putting them to death. Any dirasha that we have here in the Gemara, says Kesef Mishneh, explaining Hanambam is Asmachta. These are, these are Pesukim, which are, we're leaning on, we're not actually de- deriving a practical and actual law, other than conceptually understand this is inappropriate, and we'll punish them to keep them away from it. Yeah, you. You. Oti beni uben ben Israel. Because because it's not. It's, in other words, it's not God's command to them. Keeping Shabbat, keeping Shabbat. It's not God's. Uh, or, or alternatively, there Harambam's words are the mehadesh dat lasmam. They're creating law for themselves. So they're determining, quote unquote, this is God's will with regards to them. It's not Heke, they had a day off, and so they were. Uh, you're going steps further. I don't need that much. It means they're not working, they're stopping their work with the intention of a divine mandate of Shabbat. That's inappropriate. Why so? It's a covenant which is specific, and by definition, that's what a covenant is. Covenant is two-sided. It excludes all others. So we say under the chuppah, as the Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin, the very beginning, says, Kiddusha means something that's separate, something that's specified, something that's quarantined for one or two parties. That's a berith. Shabbat, it's inappropriate for their involvement. Again, to the extent that we'll actually put them to death is not so, says Harambam, reiterated by Meiri and others. Well, but the, what about the Pasuk? What's this Pasuk that we're being Doresh? You'll understand. It's not Peshat in Pasuk. It's an Asmachta. The Pasuk says, after the Mabul, as God is promising that he's no longer going to destroy the world, says, Od kol zera vekasir Vikor, Vahom, Vikait, Vahore, Viyom, Valaila Lo Yishbotu. It's a description of nature, seasons, the world as we know it. You can have winter, you can have summer, you can have night and day, you can have seasons. You have all this sort of stuff, says God, Yishbotu, and they'll no longer stop. That's God's promise to the world. Of course, the Dirashav Resh Lakish is not only will the seasons not stop, but you can't stop as a non-Jew or as a person living in this world prior to Torah. You need to be working all the time, quote unquote. There's no Shabbat day for you. That's the Dirashav over here. It says the Gemara, Ve'amar Mor, and uh, we, we follow up this statement with another statement from one of the Emoraim. As zohi mitatan. You should know, and we saw this language on Dafnun Zayin, it wasn't exactly the same context, same way that it was mentioned over there, but the statement over here is that the Azhara, just the warning for Bnei Noach, we read that in the Torah, we don't need another pasuk to teach me and to instruct me that they get put to death for it. Azharatan zohim mitatan, the fact that they're warned tells me there's not another way of punishing, there's not another way of dealing with this other than punish, punishment of death, whereas by Yisrael you can have an Azhara and you get lashes of some sort. Over here, Azharatan zohim mitatan, it's a strange and strong wording for Harambam who says not to take it literally. All right, so Harambam won't take this as literally either. Harambam will say, as Kesef Mishneh elaborates, that this is just a general statement. We turn to them and we say, you're Hayav Mita, this is with the severity of death penalty, but we won't actually do it. Amar Ravina, Afilu Sheni B'Shabbat. Says Ravina, you should know it's not only if they do it on the seventh day of the week, it's even if it's on Monday. Why do you say Monday and not Sunday? Rashi says because Sunday is simple. In other words, Saturday and Sunday are the days on which we can ostensibly understand that a non-Jew would be stopping their work. Saturday, Jews, and Sunday, Christians. 
Monday, by extension, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, are the days on which you'd say he's doing this. Not really. It's not. It's not a problem per se. It's not the Sunday uh, Sabbath. It's not a Saturday Sabbath observance. Maybe that's permitted. Hayav mita as well. It's wrongful as well. Again, what's the issue that lies at stake over here? Shabbat is oti benu ben bnei Israel. It's the covenantal sign that God sets forth for human beings to Am Israel specifically, and as a result. If they're involved with these things with a religious purpose, not with a vacation purpose, with Hidush Dat, it's inappropriate. Yes, Rabbi. Isn't, isn't Certainly. In our context, all we're addressing is Goyshe Shabbat. It's the Shivita. When we talk about Shabbat, Shabbat. Shabbat vayinafash, Baruch Hakadosh Baruch Hu Seventh. It's about stopping. Shabbat Shabbaton by Kippur. It's the stopping. It's the cessation. With their cell phones, the cell phone Sabbath. First and foremost, don't walk. Even if you're not a haram bomb guy, please don't walk around killing them. Right? That's that's first and foremost. But secondly, yeah, it's inappropriate if they actually have in mind that we're stopping this as a godly, divine thing that we're tapping into that of of a god. If they're doing it heck, it's natural and psychologically healthy. Okay, so then it's not hidush that. There's no issue in such a thing. It's not that it's a religious day. It's that it would, would take for granted that Saturday and Sunday would be problematic. Right. Saturday and Sunday, of course, he's doing it for religious reasons. It goes without saying. Monday, where you look at the guy and you say, he might be doing it for religious reasons, but there's nothing in the essence of the day that's problematic. Monday's problem. That's how Rashi explains it. And by extension, it's Monday through Friday. Says the Gemara, Vele Hashva, the bottom line, Gabe. What's Ravina? Ravina says, if he works on Monday, if he takes off on Monday, we'll get it. That's right. That's right. We just addressed it. Well, one more time. Ravina's statement is, even on Monday, says Rashi, Saturday and Sunday, take for granted. Saturday and Sunday are the days on which, if I see him doing it, I know he's doing it for these religious reasons. Monday, so he's doing it for religious reasons. Yo, yo, crazy guy. If it's because of lazy... Yep. Maybe you'll state that, but you know it's for a religious reason. But it's not inappropriate. Let him do it on Monday. Who cares? We laugh at him. It doesn't even look religious. Even then, says Ravina, inappropriate. Maybe we shouldn't count Sunday because it's Sheshet Yamin Ta'avod. So they're not saying Sunday is a religious day. But uh, 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 t- t- I'm saying when we say Sheshet Yamin Ta'avod, right? Yes. So Sunday is a work day. Right. We're excluding right. it. I think maybe it's included. Why do you go to Monday? Again, but Sunday is already, although you're right, Nathan, from our Torah, Sunday is just a work day. But the idea, and, and again, and this is not submitting or admitting to Sunday being a holy day, it's nonetheless saying, well, look around. They stop on Sunday. So of course that's inappropriate. They stop on Sunday. That's their holy day. The question is, for that day, of course, Hayat Mitai inappropriate. Even Monday when they're not doing it. Not that the Torah is not telling us one way or another. That's the way Rashi reads this Gemara. It says Gemara, Vele hashva gabe sheva mitzvot. Well, if you tell me, Goshe Shabbat hayav mitah, if it's inappropriate for them to be Sabbath observers, so it should be one of the seven mitzvot. It should be eight mitzvot b'nei Noach. The eighth one should be that they have to constantly work, quote-unquote. Lo yishbotu, they're not allowed to have that Shabbat. Says the Gemara, ki kahashiv sheva ta'aseh, kum ba'aseh la kahashiv. The determination for those seven is specifically 
the uh, the sheva al taaseh, those in which you're not supposed to be doing. You're not allowed to do gilui arayot. You're not allowed to do avodah zarah. You're not allowed to do shivichut amim and etc. Over here, what we're talking about on Shabbat is bekum va'aseh. We're saying you must be working seven days a week. Lo yishbotu, don't stop working. That's what we call a kum va'aseh. That's not a part of the list. It's not that they're not a part of that prohibition or that commandment. It's that it's not a part of my seven. My seven are sheva al ta'aseh. So now to get to Robbie's point a little bit, there are mitzvot on Shabbat that are mitzvot aseh, mitzvot aseh. Yes. Most of the mitzvot that we're restricting them from doing, a lot are not obligated in. So they're being restricted here. So it should be a Noahide mitzvah. They're being restricted from doing, actually, they're being forced not to work. No, they're being forced not to work. In other words, to work. It's exactly to the Rabbi point. The work. issue over here is the shivita. It's not the. So uh, let them bless whatever they like. It's, it's, no, but again, it's all. Okay, but that's all by extension. The fire and the driving, whatever, is the work. It's re- representative of a regular life, of a life in which I'm producing and I'm acting as a person in the world. That's what we tell them. You're not allowed to do that. You have, you're not allowed to stop doing those things. You must act like a regular life person, which is bikum va'aseh. That they say kiddush, that they, okay, let them, I mean, I don't want a bechabot rav. You want to say things that sound funny for you, whatever. And that's, that, that's not my issue. My issue is that you turn this day into a day which is different than others, but it is only for us. Says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, but one of those seven was dinim, mishpat, setting forth justice, righteousness, a system of judges and courts, and that quite clearly is kumaseh. It's about exacting judgment. It's about acting with justice. It's about uh, putting forth and erecting a system of courts. That's kumaseh. You just told me the seven are all beshevatas. It's things you shouldn't be doing. Judge, j- judging is kumvase. So if judging, if deen is a part of our seven, then Shabbat should as well, or the Isur of Shabbat. Says the Gemara, not so clear, because when we deal with dinim, it's kumase veshev ve'altaase ninhu. Dinim is not only something that they must get up and do, it's furthermore something you have to abstain from doing. As Rashi points out, the Pasuk in the Torah commands us not to do Avil. The Pasuk says, Lota Asu Avil, Pasuk in Vayikra Perik Yotet. Don't be, um, what's the right word? Corrupt. Don't be corrupt. That's an Isur in the Torah, which by extension is to the B'nai Noah, which means to say the command is not just set forth the court system, and once you have this court system in place, and nobody's standing in front of you, and there's no one to judge, so sit back and become corrupt. No, 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 not being corrupt, which is b'sheva ta'aseh, is part of dinim. If it's part of dinim, it means that dinim is not only kum ve'aseh, it's sheva ta'aseh as well. Don't be avil, don't do corruption. That being the case, that's Sheva Ta'aseh as well. When I talk about Shabbat, it's not so. Shabbat would be in this context only Kum Ve'aseh. That's the same in here in the Gemara, which again all amounts to the sanctity and the sacred nature of Shabbat to B'nai Yisrael more than anything. It's a statement of this is something which is specific and unique for us in an experience together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as a result, all others are excluded because for them, that's not part of their path. That's not part of their covenant. That's that Pasuk in Parashat Kitisa. 
of Oti Beni Uben Bnei Israel. Ve'amar Biyohanan. Again, it, it very much takes away the universal nature of Shabbat, which is important to note. Shabbat, although it appears from Bereshit, is this universal day on which all should be resting. The statement here of the Hachamim, very much in my mind, Focusing, laser focus on that pasuk in Parashat Kitisa after the after the Luchot says Shabbat is no longer this universal day. Shabbat is a day which we experience together with Him. It's not something that's open and accessible from a religious standpoint to all. Says the Gemara Ve'Amar Biyochanan Oved Kochavim She'Osek BaTorah Hayav Mita. It's the next day, and not only Shabbat, but Esek HaTorah, a person, a non-Jew who's involved, who involves himself or herself in Torah, Hayav Mitah Rambam again in Hilchot Melachim, and the same halacha says about this one as he did about Shabbat, tell them they're Hayav Mitah, explain to them the severity, maybe even punish them. We're not actually putting to death. The statement in the Gemara is a strong statement. Any dirasha that's to now follow is an asmachta, says Kesef Mishneh. Shine Imar, what's the dirasha? That Torah is not meant for them, but rather for us. Again, we're not defining Torah all that, uh, all that quickly. Shine Imar, Torah siva lanu Moshe morasha. Lanu morasha velo lahem. Pasuk says the Torah was commanded to us as a morasha, as a heritage. It's for us, that heritage but not for them, meaning for the non-Jews. First and foremost, what are we talking about? What are we referring to with regards to Torah? Does that mean they can't study anything? I mean, you can't give them a book, you can't give them a uh, Judaism 101? That's a very strong and bold statement, and all, all for time immemorial since that statement of Rabbi Yohanan, all commentaries and post scheme have debated and have discussed this, and there's no simple answer to this. It's Rabbi Yochanan, it's after the time. They have Sheva Misved B'nai Noach. Says Nathan, there is an in the Gemara, we'll be very clear about that in just a few minutes, hopefully we'll get to today, that for them, study of Sheva Misved B'nai Noach is appropriate. It's not only that it's permitted, it's appropriate. What about the, uh, the, the rest of them? What about everything outside of those seven? We have 613. Uh, 613 minus 7, are you still left with a whole lot of commandments? Are you allowed to teach them those? Are you allowed to teach them the stories of Torah and so forth? Now, there's no simple answer to this. What will seem to become clear in the Gemara is we're talking about it with a depth to teach them artificially and superficially and explain to them why we do something seems to be permitted basically across the board by all. What's that? How would you ever have a, have a convert? No, 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 it's important. Understood. So that, that the answer... Absolutely. I don't know if you want to publicize that you're all excited about that, but I will... T- what I will... T- Understood. Yeah. Smith. Yeah. All right. What I can tell you is uh, is that the superficial side seems to be accepted by all. And I'll send in the uh, chat afterwards a full class in which I talked about this at a greater depth. Ultimately, for an hour I talked about. Ultimately speaking, it's still not fully clear. And those, what are the parameters of this? And for people involved, I remember there was a person in the class who gives a lot of money to outreach organizations, and outreach organizations will, by definition, for better or for worse, find their way, or others will find their way to them. But it's outreach 
for the Jewish nation. Ultimately speaking, non-Jews make their way in, in one capacity or another. And that being the case, are, how strict are these prohibitions? Now, so we're not going to address the, the fine nitty-gritty of that. We'll address the derasha first and foremost. The morasha l'kihilat Yaakov, that the Torah is given as a heritage specifically to Am Yisrael. Now that's another one of these statements of Torah is this berit. Torah is a covenant which we share with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as a result, it's inappropriate to therefore bring another in. When you have a covenant, it's between you and the other. There are two parties. You're not inclusive of others. That would be breaching the contract, the agreement of this covenant. That, pas- that pasuk, that word morasha, in the art scroll, uh, in the art scroll uh, homage, um, there's a, a reference to what Rav Mordechai Gifter said about that word. He said it doesn't say Yerusha, it says Morasha. The difference between Yerusha and Morasha is fundamental. It says Yerusha means inheritance. Inheritance means that a person passes away, he gives to his children his estate. The estate is in their name now to do whatever they want with it. That's Yerusha. A heritage, a Morasha, comes with responsibility. A heritage foundation means you now have a responsibility to continue that estate's affairs and so forth. Torah. What's that? Ki irashena, I'm not fully clear over there. It's Yerusha. I'm not saying that it came without responsibility. I'm just saying when Torah talks about it specifically as Morasha, his statement, his understanding was that Morasha comes with more than just Yerusha. It's not just that we pass this to our children, heke, and let them do with it. We tell them, they're instructed as a result to have the responsibility of continuing this mission of Torah. It says the Gemara, Vele Hashva Gabe Sheva Mitzvot. That's five lines from the top. Why don't we consider the Limud Torah, the prohibition of teaching Torah, of learning Torah by non-Jews as as well as part of the seven, or call it eight over here as well. Pause for a second. I will remind you, there's no mention over here, the Gemara Masechet Hagiga talks about a Jew teaching a non-Jew. Of course, by extension, a Jew shouldn't be teaching a non-Jew. I kind of conflated those two a moment ago, but that's by extension. Now, the Gemara is a specific derasha, and Tosafot says it's very easy. But again, that's included in this for us. If they're not allowed to be doing it, then we shouldn't be teaching them that. I mean, ultimately speaking, that's the way that they'll have most access to it. Anyway, says the Gemara, why don't we count this as part of the Sheva Mitzvot? Mande Amar Morasha Migzal Kagazila. Mande Amar Meorasa Dino Kenaaraham Orasa de Biskila. Says the Gemara, there are two opinions, the Gemara Masech Pesachim specifically, as to how to be Doresh this Pasuk. Either the, read the word Kipshuto, Morasha, it's a heritage. Heritage means something almost tangible that I pass down. So it's for me to pass down to my children. It was given to me from my ancestors and in turn all the way up to Akadosh Baruch Hu and then throughout. Now if I'm then, if a non-Jew then seizes that, well that's Gezel. That's stealing on their behalf. It's not theirs. It's not their estate. It's not their heritage. We'll say that's included in Gezel. One of the seven mitzvot b'nei was Gezel. If we read that as Morasha Kihilat Yaakov, that the Torah is this Morasha, is this heritage, I say it's Gezel. That's why it's not counted as part of the seven. Alternatively, there's a Derasha there, Masechet Pesachim. Don't read it as Morasha, but rather as Meorasa. Meorasa means engaged, like Erusim. It's done at the marriage ceremony for us today. That being the case, it's so to speak what bonds us to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in almost that marital sense. Well, as a result, if they step into it. You want to know what that is for them? It's gilu ya'arayot. It's inappropriate sexual encounter 
through Torah, of course. Now, either way you slice it, the statement, again, you understand we're already getting a little asmachta. This, this lends to Harambam's approach to the matter. Are you really telling me that these derashot are bearing on hiyuv mitah mamash? Has Harambam not so fast? We'll say that it has the severity of hiyuv mitah, but we ultimately speaking will not kill. How is it that we call Torah me'orasa? Uh, the Gemara elsewhere has statements along those lines. It says that a person who's yoshev ve'osek Torah lifne am ha'aretz, in front of people who don't have an appreciation for it, it's ki'ilu bo'el arusato bebet hamiv. It's as if you're inappropriately involved with this, with Torah, in a sexual fashion in front of the wrong people. What's the idea? The idea, again, being Torah is something that bonds me, that brings to that devekut between myself and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, involving people outside of that circle is akin to, is almost amounts to involving another person in that relationship, in a marital relationship, inappropriate to the extent that the Gemara says it's like Yilui Arayot Metives, says the Gemara, I have a question from a Beraita, Hayar Bimeir Omer, Minayin Shafilo Oved Kochavim Be'osek Patorah Shehu Kekohen Gadol, wait a second, before I read the Derasha, listen to the statement, statement of Rabbi Meir is how do I know a person a non-Jew who's involved in the study of the Torah is Kohen Gadol. Is on the statue of Kohen Gadol. You just told me he's Hayav Mitah. Rabbi Meir goes to the opposite extreme. He's Kohen Gadol. He says if he's doing everything right, he's working in the Mikdash, representing the people. Seriously, I thought it's Hayav Mitah. Now first the Dirasha, and then to square that again. That's, that's a blatant contradiction. Nathan knows the answer already. Before we even read the answer, Nathan told us the answer. The answer is over here. We're referring to the Oved Kochavim who's studying, who's immersed in his mitzvot and Sheva mitzvot. That will say Kikohen Gadol, Chabod, beautiful, fantastic. He's involved in everything else. Oh, that's where it's inappropriate. But what's the Dirasha? Adam Bahim. Pasuk says, these are the mitzvot of the Torah, which will be performed by Ha'adam, and in turn, you'll derive life from it. Pasuk doesn't say, who's going to perform it, it just says, Ha'adam, Kohanim Levim Yisraelim, lo ne'emar. Doesn't say, these are the mitzvot which will be fulfilled by Kohen Levim Yisrael. Rather, Ela Ha'adam, it says just, the human being. Halamadata we can derive from this Shafilo Ovet Kochabim Baosek Patora Hareuke Kohen Gadol says Rabbi Meir, I derive from this that Ele Amitzvot Sheyaseotam Ha Adam Bahai Bahem. It means everyone is on the same platform, everyone including non-Jews. Well that all being the case, I'm now have I'm stuck. You told me a moment ago, a few moments ago, not a beraitar, biohanan, as Mars pointed out to us, had a bold statement. Goy shasak batura nanju, three lines from the top of it, kochavim shaosek batura, hayav mitah. It's hayav mitah or it's harehu kikohen gadol. He's on the same stature, same platform as the rest of us. That's the answer of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, what's he involved in? Answers the Gemara, Hatam b'sheva mitzvot didhu. Over there, the statement of Rabbi Meir, ki kohen gadol, that's when he's studying and involved in his mitzvot. He's involved in his mitzvot. Chabot, beautiful, fantastic. Ki kohen gadol, I couldn't think of anything greater. He's involved in the mitzvot that are oti benu ben bnei Israel. He's involved in the Mo'orasa, the morashad aspect of Torah, our covenant, our connectedness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hayav mitah, that's where it's inappropriate. It's interesting that the the reference over here is the word ha'adam in the pasuk. Ha'adam is all-inclusive. The human, the person. Uh, to, Rashi and Tosafot are both bothered. They both point out the Gemara and Masechet Yevamot has this statement. It's a well-known mahlot between Bishimon Bar Yochai and Hachamim. Question is, if a non-Jewish person 
can bring forth Tum'ah or not. In other words, a Kohen, of course, is Nizhar. A Kohen is warned from coming in contact with any dead bodies. What about if it's a non-Jewish cemetery, for argument's sake, and you're driving under the trees on the highway, whatever, it's an important question to debate. On the one hand, I can argue that the Goyim, non-Jews, are not a part of it. Why so? Because Pasuk says, Zot Hukata Torah Adam. Adam, says the statement of one of the opinions in the Gemara, Atim kiruim Adam, Wait a second, that statement runs contrary. It's, it's counter to our Gemara. Our Gemara says, Ha Adam includes all non Jews. Hang on one second, you're, you're two steps ahead of me. There it was saying, Adam excludes non Jews. Rashi says, it's two opinions. Our Gemara is not, so look very quickly at Rashi, it says, Ha'adam, Rabbi Meir, Deletle, Atem Kruim Adam, Veloavde Kochavim Kruim Adam, Rabbi Shimonhi, Didari Shla, Vemasechitivamot, Rabbi Meir would align himself with his contemporary Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai on that matter. Says Tosafot, you have to distinguish differently. It goes like this, Ha'adam, Tam, Ha'adam, includes non-Jews. Adam doesn't include non-Jews. That's a strange statement. Ha-Adam, the person, includes non-Jews. Person doesn't include non-Jews. How would you square it as such? I once read a derashah from Rabbi Soloveitchik in which he suggested al-derech the following. He said, when it comes to Jews versus non-Jews, that's the distinction of mindset. It says for specifically Christians, but in general, the vision is that if you're connected to God, you are ha-Adam. That's the way you're going to. We look to, we venerate our leaders and we say about them, the is the non-Jews, that's the person who's going to have an appreciation, an understanding, and a connectedness to God. The person who practices celibacy his whole life. The individual who cuts himself off from the world and so forth. That's Ha'adam. That we can include non-Jews in. Because from their vision of what you're striving for is Ha'adam. For Bnei Israel, it's Adam. For Bnei Israel, it's Adam. Atem kiruim Adam. Our vision is that there's this almost democratic vision in terms of who can ac- access that relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Fundamentally, we learned today about two after those derashot at the beginning, two statements with regards to the Goyim, to the Bnei Noach. Number one, Goy Shavat Hayav Mitan. Number two, Oved Kochavim, who's involved with Torah, who studies Torah, Hayav Mitan. Both of them, Harambam states unequivocally in Hilchot Melachim, not to be taken literally to the extent that will actually take their life, but rather with regards to severity. This is a covenant, this is a morashah, this is morasah, this is an ot, this is our berit, and in turn they are excluded from it. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.